Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about anxiety's resistance to what is. Well, what is already is. And in our own mind, sometimes that isn't what we want. So we resist it. Human nature, it's what we do. But I want to talk about how this is so painful and how it feeds into our anxiety and causes us even more pain. One of the things that we know for sure is that our go-to instinct when we feel anxious is to avoid, to resist, to run away, to fight, right? So it can bring up a lot of different things, but the usual thing is to avoid, resist, or run away, to white knuckle it, to just get through, hurry, run, do it. But it isn't always the best action to take. What happens is resistance is really important. It's really important for when we have something to really run away from or something that we need to fight because we need to resist the thing that's coming toward us, right? We need to resist the bear that is chasing us by by fighting him or fleeing from him. So it has its place, just like we always talk about, even those hormones that are being released, it all has a place and it's all working for us, but it might be that we are coming up with this kind of need for the resistance because of thoughts, because of feelings, not because of what is right in front of us, not because of what is. Anxious people are not uh, often resisting real, hardcore, in-your-face threats for like what we were built for. But what we're really dealing with are internal overreactions to some things that are actually non-threatening. Or they might even at the most be mildly threatening. And we can look at it as our reaction to these things. But what we want to keep in mind is that we are dealing mostly with our thoughts. We are not running from wild animals. Even when we have been in a physical altercation, such as somebody cutting us off in traffic really close, and our, you know, we set off into our fight or flight, that actually was probably helpful. It kept us really sharp. It kept us keen. We were able to move through the situation quickly even without having to think about it, like our actual reactions took over, and that's important. But what we want to be able to do is to not add to that, right? What we do is we get safe. The other, the car that cut us off is long gone. We're in our lane. We're safe. We're moving along. Everything's fine. But we add to it. With what? With our thoughts. We are fine. We are safe but we add to it with our thoughts. So this, I want you to keep that in mind. You are no longer in danger. There is no longer a threat, 
but you may be using internal overreactions and adding to the story, not dealing with what is actually happening at the moment. And sometimes it's totally just our thoughts. We weren't even set off by anything in our physical environment. It was totally from our own thinking and our own imagining. Anxious people tend to respond with much greater energy than non-anxious people to the events around them. So you can see again where we might overreact because of the energy that we put into it. Rather than just letting it be what it is, kind of like a, a bump, no, we're going to make a so-called mountain out of a molehill. Sometimes we bring a little bit too much to the to the whole story and we're we're triggering ourselves. It's important to pay attention to because often people are not aware of how this is happening. They're not aware that they are resisting life resisting what is, because there's so much going on in the mind, in the imagination, in the storytelling. So so it becomes the place where much of life is lived. It isn't living with what is actually happening in the now. It's what's happening in the mind. And that is often adding so much terror to the story that, of course, you would be worked up. Of course, your body would be releasing adrenaline and cortisol and trying to get you to move into action. Powering through or white knuckling is something that is done often with anxiety. There's a way of just saying, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to power through. I'm going to white knuckle. And I have talked to people who have white knuckled through decades of anxiety, through decades of emotions and of fears, and that they have no so-called or imagined control over. So this white knuckling really contributes to the anxiety cycle, and it takes so much energy. It takes so much energy to take all of that wild emotion inside, that anxiety, that fear, that panic, all of that adrenaline and cortisol, that's so much energy. And to be keeping a lid on it, it's like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. You can do it for a little while. You can do it well for a little while, but it's exhausting. It's going to tire you out. So if you are wondering why you're exhausted, you might want to look at are you white knuckling? Are you pushing through things that could actually be better dealt with or looked at versus resisting and pushing the beach ball under the water? Resisting adds energy into an already high energy anxiety state. And so when we resist it, we're often making the situation worse and keeping the fear adrenaline, fear cycle going strong. And this is our own doing. So the really good news about all of this is if we are contributing to this, we can change it and we can make it so that it works for us, not against us. Resistance makes the anxiety state 
reinforced. This, every time we resist, every time we push that beach ball under the water, we are reinforcing our anxiety and our panic and the whole cycle. And we're making it stronger. The roots dig deeper. It just becomes so a part of us that we don't even think that we can do anything else, that we can live differently. But you can. And so I want to talk about four steps that you can take to move forward and not resist your anxiety. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Number one, we want to let it go. And I hope you're smiling because you can let it go. It sounds so simple. Just let it go. But I really want you to learn how to do this like holding a hot rock. It's something you don't want. Let it go. Get it away from you. Let it just drop. Let go. Surrender. Say it's a tough day. You're having a really difficult day. Rather than fighting with it, surrender. Give it up. And what are we giving up? We're giving up the struggle. We're giving up holding that beach ball under the water. Let it go. Stop fighting. There's no resolution in the fight. We don't win. So give yourself permission to stop fighting. Go belly up. It's only you and you. There's, it's not you and the bear. It's you and you. So give yourself permission to stop fighting. Do as Claire Weeks says, throw yourself in the, on the chair like a wet noodle. Give up. Put the white flag out. Like I said, this is only you and you. So there's no real loss happening here. You can only gain through giving up this fight. The second step you can take is to float. Again, we're using Claire Weeks language here. And floating is the best. It doesn't require any practice. And it works better with less force. 
It's like like inner inactivity. Like I said, she talks about to surrender, to throw yourself on a chair like a wet noodle, like really physically letting your muscles become wet noodles. And in floating, we're talking about how would we float in real water? How would you do that? You have to relax your muscles. You can't tense everything up and be tight. You have to relax your muscles and you have to let go. It's often very difficult to learn depending on where your uh, mindset is at and what, how, what age you are probably. But you can do this. You can do it in the water and you can do it in life. You have to relax your muscles. You have to relax your mind and you have to let go. It's just the same as doing it in the water. It's the resistance. You can't resist the water, right? And float. You have to give in to it. You have to submit to it. You have to surrender to the water. And then what do you do? You pop up. You bob just like a bobber in the water. Number three. Number three is acceptance. You want to allow Allow what? Allow the situation. Allow the day. Allow the feeling. Whatever it is that's happening, I want you to have some acceptance of it. Rather than fighting it, we always, um, and it may have a lot to do with the culture that we live in because we do believe that we have a lot of power and that we have a lot of ability to change things, to make things as we want them to be. We actually put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make things be uh, as, quote, they should be or as we think they should be. But sometimes we have to just accept a situation for what it is. It is what it is. And it's okay if you can't control that situation. It's okay. Just accept that. Usually if the if the issue is with another person, we already know we can't change other people. We don't have control over other people, so we have to accept them. Doesn't mean we have to like it. You may not like it, but you can accept that it is what it is when it's happening. You can accept that what is happening is happening. And it isn't a sign of weakness that you haven't controlled the situation. This was a difficult thing for me. I always felt like I had to take care of everything around me. And there are so many things in our life we cannot control. The anxious mind wants to control because it feels like if things are smooth, everything's okay. But really, everything's okay already, just the way it is. We change what we can. We control what we can, which is ourselves and our thinking and our response to life. But we can't control other people, places, things. So we can learn to accept. And finally, number four, use the idea of doing the opposite. You know, I've talked about that here before. I haven't talked about it in a while, but I want you to take it into heart that sometimes doing the opposite is exactly what you need to do. Take the opposite action from what your anxiety is leading you to do. Like if your anxiety is telling you you're sitting in a meeting, your anxiety is telling you 
It's way too hot in here. I have to leave. I have to leave this room. I have to flee right now. That's the anxiety talking, right? Do the opposite. Really hunker in, really focus, get really comfortable in your chair because you're deciding consciously, intentionally, I'm going to stay in this meeting. So there's a lot of those different ways. Often uh, it could be in driving where your anxiety is telling you, get off the next exit, get off the next exit. We can't make this trip. So do the opposite. Stay on the road right? Do the complete opposite and do it as a practice. Do it intentionally as you're telling yourself, oh, that is my anxiety talking. So I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to stay on and complete this trip. And the more that you can do it and the more that you can do it in neutral, like not getting all worked up and oh, yay, hi, I'm going to beat anxiety. You're not going to beat anxiety. You're going to just do what is what you had originally set out to do. Anxiety saying, get off. This is scary. I don't want to do this. You can't make it. Whatever the stories are, it tells you, you do the opposite. Just stay on, continue your trip. Do the opposite. Sometimes it's exactly the medicine that we need. Keep that in mind. There's so much that you can do with understanding the reality behind the resistance that we hold so tightly when we have anxiety. We are resisting. And what it is that we're resisting is what is happening. We don't like it. You don't have to like it. But you can't always change things. And that's okay. We have this idea that we don't like it. It's uncomfortable. It's dangerous. We have to change it or we have to run away from it. But that isn't true. We can sometimes do the opposite. We can accept it always, accepting the moment for what it is. We can float through whatever is happening. As we find ourselves clenching down, we can float. We can stay with what is, with a relaxed mind and a relaxed body, and just float through that time period. And we can let go. We can let go as in surrender to what is. I hope this has been helpful for you. It's a sticking point for many of us. So let go of that beach ball. And now for today's quote. It may look as if the situation is creating the suffering, but ultimately this is not so. Your resistance is. And that's from Eckhart Tolle. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com. 